You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking to Christine Roche. She's a board-certified nutrition specialist, a CNS, and a microbiome health expert uh, who's developed an integrated approach to digestive health that's based on considerable years of experience in the healthcare field. Uh, she's a graduate of Stanford. She teaches courses uh, at Stanford University Medical Center on health and is the author of two books. The latest is Light Living, an Integrated Approach to Stress Management and Weight. And uh, Christine, you have, a, you have a website as well where people can get information? Yes, the, uh, digestivehealth.center. So it's the word digestive, H-E-L-T-H dot C-E-N-T-E-R. Okay. And, okay, so uh, functional gut testing. In capital letters, uh, that is a whole new realm because, you know, we test the blood, we test the urine, uh, we have very sophisticated ways to test various bodily fluids, but the stool can really tell us a lot about the status of our health. And so uh, you, you've done a lot of exploration of this. You've, you've found what you believe is a credible place to get that testing done. Tell us about that. Um, yes, so so the, you know, I, I I like the term "why guess when you can test" because it used to be we would have to test, you know, how is the uh, how are we doing with our lungs, how are we doing with all the organs, and now you can literally test. You know, we we found out that in chronic disease like cancer and RA, you know, they literally test the joints and they test the breast microbiome and found that there's a lot of bad bacteria overgrowing in the organs. And so now you can identify the, the importance of this functional gut testing is to test before you get a chronic disease. So the whole purpose is, yes, if you have cancer or, or rheumatoid arthritis or, you know, bad disease, autoimmune, you need to test, of course, regularly. But even if you feel good, there are there are non, you can be totally fine and have dysbiotic bad bacteria growing in your jungle garden. You can also be fine and have a deficiency of hydrochloric acid, slow gut transit time, pancreatic acid insufficiency. So the test looks at not only the many different 42 phyla and, you know, hundreds of 
thousands of species in where you are. It looks at your imbalanced flora. It looks at your dysbiotic. And then it looks at your entire stool chemistry, which is critical. For example, pancreatic elastase is one of the key aspects of, you know, pancreatic function. And what, people what, does, are it, what very, does it tell you? Because, uh, you know, the test can yield a score on your pancreatic elastase. Yes, so pancreatic elastase is telling you basically the functioning of your pancreas. Do you have enough pancreatic enzymes? Is there any type of deficiency, you know, in the enzymes? Is your pancreas secreting enough enzymes? So the solution, this would be sort of a lead-in to suggest the potential applicability of digestive enzymes which yes. is now kind of a hit or miss thing. It's like, okay, you know, uh, you have indigestion, just try these, you know, see if they work. And, and that's a little bit of a, you know, throwing darts at the dartboard kind of thing. Yeah, and this test actually shows you if you're digesting your fats or not. It will show whether they, you they, need... they give you the fat content of your stool, whether it's too high, and that means you're... Fat stains, if you have fat stains, yes or no, if you are processing your carbohydrates properly. And then I always do a stomach acid test, an in-home stomach acid test to see if people are deficient in HDL. because how do, you, how do you do that? That is with baking soda. People, oh. before they even get out of bed, they yeah. make a mixture of water and baking soda Mm -hmm. and then after a certain time I email everybody did you burp and how much did you burp and if they don't burp at all it Mm. means that they're not making enough hydrochloric acid okay so the the idea behind it is there's kind of a chemical reaction between hydrochloric acid and baking soda and that it results in Mm -hmm. gas production wow yes that's kind of ingenious because it's I mean it's a low cost safe uh, you know simple to administer test and that yeah. at least gives you a hint. I mean, what you can do, and this is under laboratory conditions, you can actually put a, a device down your esophagus, into your stomach that measures the pH, but that's kind of an elaborate thing. Sometimes that's done by gastros. Yeah. We actually do in-home testing also for transit time. You know, you can eat some beets and see when you first see them, and you can do in-home transit time. All those things are critical for a proper elimination. So so the key is, you know, the test shows digestion absorption of elastase. Is your pancreas producing enough enzymes or not? And most people over 60 are deficient in HCL, so they're not able to protect that that delicate uh, jungle garden because unless you have enough hydrochloric acid, if you're taking PPIs, proton pump inhibitors, mm-hmm. you're going to block all the acid, which will directly affect your small intestine and your large intestine in terms of the strains of the robust bacteria. So to keep those strains strong, you need to have you know enough hydrochloric acid and not be an acid suppressor. Short-term is great, but long-term acid suppressors, like all the PPIs on the market, will in- unfortunately inhibit the digestion absorption of nutrients. Let's back up a little bit and talk about some lifestyle factors that impact uh, the microbiome. And, and I've heard it said that things like sleep, exercise, uh, stress, uh, these things actually can change the composition of the bacteria in our guts. And they even have a feedback impact. If you have a bad balance in your gastrointestinal tract, it may disrupt your sleep. If you have a bad balance, uh, it may impact your mood. Uh, there's a whole lot going on there. Yes. I want to also say that uh, then the research studies show, you know, that one soda 
and one candy bar a day reduce the immune response by 70% mm, in the subjects. Yeah. I mean, this is, we know that, that the neutrophils get less aggressive, you mm. know. But we also know that when you go, don't get enough sleep, if your sleep is disrupted, that that's one of the key factors in a decreased robust microbiome. You're going to lose a lot of species by the stress of being a night worker, or if you don't get enough sleep, that is going to affect your entire microbiome system and, and so, stress as well. And stress as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, recently there's been a lot of controversy about Diet sweeteners. You know, we know that sugar is bad for you, but diet sweeteners have been promoted as a way of averting weight gain uh, and averting diabetes. Uh, you know, you can eat your cake and have it, so to speak. Uh, but a lot of concerns have been raised about the impact of artificial sweeteners on the microbiome. What's your take on that? Yeah, so what I found is that consistently across the board, the artificial sweeteners not only raised insulin resistance, also disrupted the gut microbiome. There was much more bad dysbiotic plants overgrowing your jungle garden when you start using those sweeteners. It's like all across the board in the studies, causing dysbiosis, you know, causing a lot of glucose insulin issues and early, you know, eat blood sugar issues related to the consumption of the sweetener. So anything except stevia has been shown, even the Truvia, I don't like the fact that they're now commercially saying, hey, it's Stevia, it's called Truvia, so it's safe. It's, and it turns It's out Stevia that plus erythritol not. is Truvia. So erythritol, yeah. you know, also has some problems associated yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, perhaps it's less artificial. It's a sugar alcohol. Um, yeah. So what's your take on, you know, there's a whole field these days that looks at the potential for Fecal microbiota uh, transfer, FMT, uh, for treating yes. a wide variety of diseases. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like an extreme measure, but do you think that there's a place for that when we identify a very, very resistant imbalance in the GI tract? Because you know, I got to say that the, you know, these methods that you talk about are very plausible. Diet change and the use of herbs and even medications in some cases, probiotics. But sometimes it is, it's kind of hard to turn the Titanic around before it hits the iceberg. You know, it's like people have a yes. resistant to the changes that we try to impose on the gut. Yeah. I see quite a few IBD patients. I see ulcerative colitis, inflammatory bowel disease. And what I found here working with Stanford University, fecal transplant, I used to give a lecture for Stanford on, oh. you know, I have a whole slideshow on what's fecal transplant, how does it work. It is clear now that it's indicated only for people who have Crohn's disease or advanced inflammatory bowel disease. It has to be done in a lab. It's really dangerous to buy some of the online kits yes. and do it yourself I at agree. home. I agree. And it is really important that you they will not take you unless you have a very serious stage of ulcerative colitis, most or likely C. Crohn's diarrhea disease. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Constant diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the reason is now, because yeah. it's, it's kind of like it's hit or miss. It's like hitting a Swiss watch with a hammer. You know, it might make it work better or it might throw it off. Uh, so they really need to. Uh, improved techniques for screening, for matching. I mean, these days we don't just give blood transfusions in a random way. We, we, we type and cross 
and we look for compatibility. With the stool, it's so much more complex than the, the, the blood system that, you know, we're really going to have to uh, do a lot of research on who is a suitable do- donor and for whom under what circumstances, right? Yes, exactly. So very, very stringently only for, for end-stage disease. Yep. But there's also, you know, I'm, you, you may have, I'm sure you've heard about phages. Yeah. Uh, phages, you know, are found, they're originally cultured from sewer water, but if you go to YouTube on phage, there's actually a Especially couple where the, the man was P-H-A-G-E, dying. P-H-A-G-E, right? Phages. Yeah, P-H-A-G-E, yeah. right. And mm-hmm. there are new probiotics out that we're evaluating that have a few of the phage technologies for people that have inflammatory bowel disease. Because since we're talking about that, advanced stage inflammation, which would show up on this test as calprotectin, lactoferrin, lysozyme. So the, the good news is that, you know, in Germany and Europe, the, every single primary care doctor does these tests, these stool mm-hmm. chemistries, because they want to prevent colon cancer. It turns out, even though you, you need the colonoscopy, you know, if you have the medical background, mm-hmm. the bottom line is if you check calprotectin and lactoferrin annually, you're going to catch it when it starts to go up into IBD or cancers or other diseases. Uh The European doctors, I did a lot of internships in Germany and Austria, verified that they test this CIGA, you know, inflammation every year because they want to do Secretory IgA. Secretory IgA. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So so is it possible to develop a profile that identifies people who have an environment in their intestinal tract that is conducive to cancer or conversely that is resistant to cancer, a cancer-resistant microbiome? Is that within our reach now? Yes, it is possible to do that because see, in the CGA, what the CGA is, it's secreted by the mucosal tissue inside the lining Mm -hmm. of the small intestine represents the first line of defense of the GI mucosa. So it's, you know, the functioning of the immune system. And so basically, yes, I would say that there is definitely a profile of someone who has a cancer-resistant microbiome versus someone who is more inviting to cancer. Of course, as you know, there's hundreds of other variables that are involved. So who's this test for? Is this test for you know, people who are in trouble with GI problems? Or is this a test that you know, might be considered on a par with a routine blood test? You know, people who are perfectly well. Uh, you know, I meet young people all the time. They go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go in for my annual blood test. And, yes. you know, and probably not much is going to be discovered. But, you know, who knows? Maybe something's going haywire. Yes, this this test I recommend for everyone, even if you feel healthy. I have athletes taking it every year, people who say I have no symptoms. We may find something some years that we can stop in its tracks, you know, like an upregulated immune response, some overgrowth here, different. They traveled around the world. We found something. Look at short-chain fatty acids. How well are they fermenting dietary fiber, you know, fecal pH or cold blood? It gives you an annual indication, you know, yes or no about colon cancer. But most important, those inflammatory levels. So I would like to see this in primary care Mm -hmm. as every year as part of your blood test, you get that comprehensive, you know, stool test as well. 
And, and you say that European doctors are more on the case with us. Yes. Yes, especially in the countries where the government pays for medical care, yeah. a large percentage, they see how accurate this test is in predicting disease. So why not know years before they told me in the lectures of before a tumor would develop, you know, we test the gut, we test many other things, and we see, wow, it, your blood looks like a tumor may grow in the next three years. So instead of spending billions on the back end, why don't we start at the front end three years before? So I was fascinated by the European versus the American doctors that I heard speaking about that same topic. Fascinating. Let's talk about SC, SCFAs, short-chain fatty acids, because that's something also you can ascertain through a stool sample, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, they are the end product of the bacterial fermentation process of the fiber. So it's uh, depending, you know, the more beneficial flora you have in the gut, the more you're going to be able effectively ferment the dietary fiber. So the beneficial, the, the, basically the short chain needs pre-probiotics and prebiotics, especially the foods I talked about. So the short chains, you know, by doing the resistant starches, the fermented foods, eating unprocessed foods, they are going to be loving that because they're going to be helping to, to basically with the beneficial flora to ferment the fiber that you're eating and protect you against intestinal dysbiosis and against colon cancer and also monitor the whole environment. It makes the environment very unsuitable. If your short chains are balanced, you know, basically the environment is unsuitable for pathogens and bacteria and yeast. Mm -hmm. So they have, and they also, what the short chains do is decrease inflammation. So butyrate, for example, is one of the short chain fatty acids. And I get a butyrate score that shows me how likely somebody, if their butyrate's really low, they're not protected as much against colon cancer. Am I mistaken? Or is not butyrate a a fuel for the uh, enterocytes in the colon? Yes, it's actually exactly so. So that they uh, derive food in effect from the blood supply, but they also derive uh, food from uh, the byproducts of bacterial fermentation in the gut, uh, and that keeps them healthy. Okay. You know, so I, yeah. what I used to do, you know, I've, I knew about short-chain fatty acids uh, a long time ago, you know, back in the 1980s. And the question was, you know, how do you boost the level of these beneficial short-chain fatty acids? And you know, for a while, they, they sold butyrate. You could buy it in a, in a powder or in capsules, and people would swallow these capsules. But from my understanding, mm-hmm. that's not as beneficial as making it within the intestinal tract. Because if you take it by mouth, it just kind of like, dissipates before it gets to the place where it needs to work deep within your intestinal tract. Yes, that's correct. I mean, we give butyrate to some patients who have more inflammatory conditions and they're just not able to make it, you know, if we see over time. But we like to give people, again, the right, I would say, lactobacilli and bifidus produce large amounts of fatty acids. Yet we find that 70% of the tests show a deficiency in the different strains of lactobacilli and bifidos. So when you don't have those, then you're not going to be able to produce it. Then we might give short-term butyrate along with all of the prebiotics, you know, probiotics, and lower the stress because the stress level, if your cortisol is high, the uh, short chains are also going to be challenged. Hmm. You're going to have an issue with that. 
So that's the the gut brain connection. So you you, yeah. you just seem so erudite in this in this field. Uh, you know, I got to say, a test can be really good and comprehensive, but it's only as good as the interpreter. And you seem to be able to uh, extract the appropriate information from these complicated tests uh, that lead you to uh, a therapeutic approach. And I think it has to be tailored to each patient, to their circumstances, and, and the results have to be yeah. carefully interpreted. Uh, so you actually, uh, before the show, you informed us of a special offer that uh, you want to make to our intelligent medicine listeners. And I want them to take advantage of them if they want to discover yes you know it's microbiome. thank you yeah because you know the benefit is it's this is non-invasive some people really don't want to do invasive testing and they're also root cause you know it really identifies the root cause you know uh identifies the underlying issues and so what i would like to offer the listeners and they need to call this number within 48 hours of hearing this uh, show, this radio show interview, the number is 650-856-3151. So when people call within 48 hours of 650-856-3151, I'm offering them a, a complimentary 30-minute evaluation of overall answering their questions about which gut test would be best for them, what type of gut health, you know, imbalance that's going on, what programs might be good for them. And for those people that are ready to get into testing, we're offering, by calling this number, we're offering a 50% off the comprehensive digestive analysis that has all the elements and more that we've talked about and includes a one-hour test result interpretation with myself. So when they call, when you call in, you can also go to our website at www.digestivehealth, H-E-A-L-T-H dot center, C-E-N-T-E-R. Again, it's digestivehealth.center. We will give you that half hour to identify what you need, or you can go ahead, call us, say, yes, I'm ready to test. Uh, please call me up. We'll do that 50% off of the test and the one hour in depth interpretation with myself okay that's very generous on your part and you know something that i think might be very worthwhile for some of our intelligent medicine listeners uh, i just want to mention Great. christine that uh, we're going to produce this program and it's going to drop uh at some later time so we'll let you know when the when the clock starts on your 48 hour um offer because yes. if it were to start now uh, it might be over by the time <laughs> exactly yes yeah. <laughs> yes of course you right let me this. know and maybe there's a little wiggle room for listeners who listen to a podcast a little later in the week. Great stuff. Um, Great. Any, anything we missed? And you just want to mention that uh, you're not a one-note Charlie on microbiome health. Uh, you're also a licensed heart math trainer. Uh, you pay a lot of attention to stress, burnout, uh, and its relationship to overall health and gut health. And so you've got a lot of tools at your disposal and uh, uh, you're – you have a great credential, the Certified Nutrition Specialist credential, which I know is uh, difficult to attain because uh, uh, I uh, took the exam, became a CNS, and you know now I write the exam. <laughs> so it's a it's a tough it's a tough milestone milestone to uh, achieve. So congratulations. Great. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. I want to just mention that I do also do the heart math. 
um, biofeedback training remotely to uh, to deal. You know, I do va- exercises for the vagus nerve, which are simple to teach online. I have a remote practice, of course, where I've worked all across the country, and I do include because most of my clients do have high cortisol brain chemistry imbalances, you know, a lot of issues with the gut brain. We do the six-week or or heart math biofeedback training as part of their program if that is something they want to do as a a trainer in heart math and specialize. It has been a great complement to what I'm doing. It's a great technology because it kind of objectifies uh, the way that we treat autonomic imbalance. And autonomic imbalance is so pervasive, and it's certainly a feature of many conditions like chronic fatigue syndrome, post-Lyme disease, long COVID, vaccine injuries, and on and on. You know, I think uh, it's a great way to uh, rejigger this this system, which really doesn't respond well to conventional medical interventions like drugs. Yes. Great stuff. All right. I can see you, you do very comprehensive workup with your clients. And so great, great work. Congratulations to you. And uh, once again, the, the website is digestivehealth.center. Dot, yes. Digestivehealth, H-E-A-L-T-H dot C-E-N-T-E-R. Well, thank you very much for joining us, uh, Christine Roche. Really appreciate it. All the best to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Hoffman. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.